And it is uh, three minutes past 10 o'clock here in the Inland Northwest. I'm Jim Tevenin. Welcome to a special From the Studio session in which uh, we will uh, re-establish our connection with a familiar artist to us here at KPBX, and that's Archie Chin. And uh, welcome someone relatively new to the area and relatively new to uh, our airwaves as well, Jadrian Tarver. They are part of a program that is coming up this Sunday afternoon at 2 at the Myrtle Wilson Performing Arts Center on the Gonzaga University campus. It's a recital called Beyond the Canon, a tribute to composers from the African diaspora. And uh, to get us set up for this, we're going to go to our performance studio now and hear uh, a baritone, Jadrian Tarver, and pianist Archie Chen get us underway. KPBX performance studio that was baritone Jadrian Tarver and pianist Archie Chen. In music by Samuel Coleridge Taylor, his song Life and Death. And again, uh, this is a part of this recital. It's going to be happening on Sunday afternoon at uh, Gonzaga University. And we have those two gentlemen here in the studio with us right now. So, Archie and Jadrian, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having us. It's our delight entirely. I think, uh, Archie, uh, uh, folks are familiar largely with uh, with your story about, uh, you know, the Spokane kid who goes uh, away and does great things and winds up in Ireland and comes back with a doctorate and the beginnings of a family and um, is back in uh, Spokane now. So maybe uh, you could fill us in on what's uh, on your plate these days. Well, yes, uh, a lot of, you know, performing, teaching, you know, what, what I love to do is, is teach and um it's it's great to be able to you know come back in my hometown and be able to you know it, it contribute in that manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Jadrian, let's uh, examine your background a little bit. You've been in Spokane at Gonzaga how many years now? I've been at Gonzaga for a year and a half now. Okay, 
Thank and you. tell us your, your backstory, your journey here. Well, actually, I'm originally from Haines City, Florida. It's a little small town in central Florida, about 30, min- 30 miles outside of um, Orlando, where, of course, it's a tourist attraction, Walt Disney World. Haines City is known as the heart of Florida. I came here from right after my doctorate at Michigan State University as a postdoc fellow at Gonzaga. Mm. So that's what brought me here to Spokane. All right. Very good. And uh, you are finding opportunities to, to sing as well as to teach in addition to your uh, your duties at Gonzaga? Of course. You know, I love putting on recitals and I love, you know, doing music by underrepresented composers. And so I feel that Spokane is one of those places where it's like a so much synergy and energy around events and musical events. You know, when I first moved here, I didn't realize the music culture here in Spokane is extremely alive, and I want I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a surprise to lots of people who come <laughs> here and say, "This is happening here seriously." How about that? Well, that leads us directly into the program that's going to be happening next Sunday afternoon. It's a celebration of music from the, the African diaspora. Tell us how the, the idea germinated. Well, I wanted to do a recital for Black History Month like I typically would do. This started when I was thinking about the trans, uh, transatlantic slave trade and how black people were displaced, Africans specifically, were displaced all over, you know, the world. So you think about South America, the Caribbeans, and as well as France and Europe and America. And it started off thinking about dance, you know, dance music and how you have the samba and the ring shout in America. But then I was like, you know what, what if I did classical composers from around the world? And that's how that sort of kind of germinated and and thinking about going beyond the canon of, you know, German composers, Bach, Handel, Mozart, Beethoven, you know, Haydn, the the big greats when we think about the canon. And I was like, you know, what if we go beyond that and include composers that were contemporaries of these great composers and was composing prolific music at the same time? And that's how that sort of kind of came about. And it started with um, the new movie that's coming out about um, Joseph Boulogne, Chevalier de Saint-Georges. And I was like, well, he's a contemporary of Haydn and Mozart. And how many other contemporaries along that line? And how can I highlight those composers of color? Well, you uh, sang the music of one of those, certainly, to open the proceedings today, the music of Samuel Coleridge-Taylor. Mm-hmm. And he is represented on the program in addition to this uh, this song? Yes, or? he is. He is represented on the program. In addition to this, um, there there's Edmund Dede, who is a free black person during the 1800s that's also represented on here. He composed a lot of operas and or- orchestral works. And the cool thing about him was he was a cigar maker. And then he left here during the time of the, the beginning of the Civil War, because he was in Louisiana, and then went to France. And he began this illustrious career as a composer, pianist, clarinetist. And I must mention that, you know, he started off, his father was a musician, and he was a virtuosic clarinetist and violinist. So it wasn't like um, osmosis. Uh. <laughs> it, it didn't come from nowhere. Nowhere, from, yes. Yeah, as, is, as is often the case, that uh, uh, music... 
may not be a profession in the family, but it's certainly an avocation. It's certainly something that uh, that is uh, deeply loved in the family. Are there that name is new to me? Mm-hmm. So, are there any other composer names? Because I think. The names of people who we'll talk about in a bit also, like uh, Florence Price and Margaret Bonds uh, and, indeed, uh, Samuel Coleridge Taylor, are becoming more familiar to mm-hmm. general music listeners. Mm-hmm. But are there any other surprises in here in terms of, of names? They say, hmm, really? Wow. <laughs> yes. Actually, um, Antonio Carlos Gomez um, is a Brazilian composer at the time of romantic composer, wrote a lot of operas, lived most majority of his time in Italy, contemporary of, of Verdi. And so his you have the bel canto stage of his operatic works as well as more dramatic works. He is someone who is, is on this list, you know, as an Afro-Brazilian, you know, from the 18, late 18th mid-1800s. So he's a composer that's also on there. There's Leslie Adams, Rosephany Powell, and I'm also including younger composers, uh, modern-day composers, um, Carlos Simon, who was, I think, born 1986. He's making, you know, great strides, in, you know, in the field of composition, and so I wanted to include him. Really, this program is representing all of the time periods, from classical all the way through, you know, modern time. And you get to hear not only um, style, but you get to hear experiences and narratives that go along with, you know, this music. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, besides uh, you, who else is singing on the the program? Yes, I am joined by the illustrious Amy Porter, who is a soprano at Gonzaga University, as well as Darnell Preston, Nicole Sumbert, who is at Eastern Washington, who's head of the vocal faculty um, program there, and, of course, you know, the incomparable Archie Chad. <laughs> Archie, is it, um, well, the, some of these singers, uh, have you worked with all the singers uh, before? I haven't, actually. This is, you know, my first collaboration with all four, and it's just been really enriching um, to just work with them, the, the four different styles of, of uh, singing, and then a, a, all the different types of genres of um, the music it goes from you know gospel to jazz influences and this is something that I don't usually play regularly because you know I you know the the regular romantic li- literature or the piano literature that I would regularly do but this is a very very interesting concert and you know um, the 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 catalyst for me when he asked me to 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 take on this concert it was it was for me it was like an automatic yes because even I hadn't I hadn't seen the music yet or anything but it's just a, he he gave me the the blurb about it and um, uh, just prior like a month before you know I experienced some racism in a, a named store but and and so I know you know that this this topic is very you know it's still very much on my mind and then um, my son Solomon actually brought home the poem. Harlem by Langston Hughes for his an English assignment just a couple weeks ago, and um, I was really deeply moved by its powerful message, and it kind of reminded me of the importance of recognizing and celebrating the contributions of you know lesser known um, artists and thinkers, and um, it was a profound moment of reflection for me, I suppose, um, because I knew I wanted to do something to honor the rich cultural legacy of the um, African diaspora. You know, Jadrian mm-hmm. so. in the the repertory that's um, this is going to be entirely too general a question, so you can take and go whatever direction you want. But uh, how did you find some of these 
I mean, at this point in their, you know, in their artistic, quote-unquote, life, uh, some truly obscure composers. Well, I think I have a knack for that. <laughs> um, that's like a pastime of mine, looking up obscure composers across the board. You know, like German art songs by Nadia Boulanger. You know, like things like that mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy looking for. But for this, it started when I was in a class in my master's, a vocal lit class, and I, I realized that the book that was using only one composer of color was represented. And I was like, hmm. And coming from an HBCU, a historically black college and university, I had been exposed to classical um, composers that were black and uh, from other races. And so I was like, hmm, let's do a segment within this course on black composers. And from there, I went down this rabbit hole of, you know, composers. And at that time, there was literature out there. I think there's more literature now um, that is readily available than than when I was, you know, starting this you know, this this journey. And a lot of that goes out to um, people like Louise Toppin, who is, you know, a professor at the University of Michigan, who does a lot of the research and has done a lot of publishing of this um, um, of artists. And there's also um, you know, other others that are out there like Daryl Taylor, who is doing the work and doing the research that makes my job a little easier. But then I wanted to go a little further and, and you know, find other composers. And so that's how that came about, you know, finding these you know, opposed composers that are unknown. And I haven't even scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. Three days ago, I found a composer um, at the same time as Cor- Samuel Corrish Taylor, who her name is uh, Amanda Bridgewater or Bridgetower. I, I can't remember the last name. But she's a black, Afro, black, British composer, you know, during the same time as Amy Beach. And I was like, why don't we know any more? I want to know more about her music. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you've got the Internet to play with. Yes, I do. <laughs> Imagine it would have been with having this burning interest uh, even 20 years ago. And the, the lengths that you would have to permanently attach yourself to a really good university library. You, you would. And, you know, with, with like, ethnomusic, ethnomusicologists like Eileen Southern, who has done extensive work from during the 60s and 70s and up into the 90s on black composers and, you know, black music, that, you know, is our bedrock. And, you know, there are others that are out there, yes. What is your... In doing programs like this, yes, it is a, a way to honor Black History Month, but, you know, there are 11 other months in the year. Mm-hmm. What is your, your big hope that you think you can at least partially accomplish by doing uh, programs like this? My hopes, especially for, you know, young singers, that this has become a part of the repertory for young singers, because some of the music that we are performing is like, this is accessible, here are the books. I'm including, you know, websites where you can purchase the books. But... I would like to see the diversity of music throughout the year, just not specifically in, you know, March for Women's History Month, and then, you know, Black History Month in February. I want to see and hear these composers' music being played, along with the Beethovens and the Mozarts and the Bruckners. Um, so that's, 
you know, that's what my hope and my dream is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, there are starts, but um, they are like the, the, the plants that you put in the ground at the beginning of spring. <laughs> you know, they, uh, yes. they, they have their struggles and they, you know, they're going to make it, but they need lots of, lots of encouragement. And uh, mm-hmm. programs like this uh, Beyond the Canon, a tribute to composers from the African diaspora, which you can hear at the Myrtle Wilson Performing Arts Center on the Gonzaga campus this uh, Sunday afternoon at 2. They're a part of that. Um, Speaking of composers, uh, Florence Price, uh, who is uh, one who is uh, getting much more recognition uh, these days than uh, certainly she had, and she is a a woman of great and deep accomplishment, and uh, she has a, a prominent place on on your program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does. Um, I think it sort of happened organically. This actually, Florence Price was a plan because I said, I want to do a Florence Price song. Amy said, I want to do Florence Price. And then Nicole came and said, hey, I have this set of Florence Price encore songs I would like to sing. And that's how, you know, Florence Price became, you know, a prominent you know, person on here, on specifically on this program. And I love her music. Mm-hmm. I, I must say, I, I'm joined true i'm drawn to her music and we have a little clip to play of mm-hmm. uh, nicole somber tell us uh, singing tell us a little bit about S- that so nicole is singing the four encore songs it's a uh, four short snippets it's only about two minutes long of four different songs different vignettes about different various topics the the first one in which you're going to hear in a few minutes is called tobacco and the first line of the song is tobacco is a dirty weed and I love it. <laughs> She's honest. Yes. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. Um, and uh, there's a, um, yeah, yeah. Um, shall we go to that, uh, that clip? Sure. All right. Let's uh, give it a, we'll talk about it a little bit on the other side. So listen closely. This is just about 30 seconds. She likes it. <laughs> what, a, what a great song. Um, speaking of Florence Price, which leads us to uh, a, a composer um, closely tied to her, that's Margaret Bonds. And you're going to uh, sing a song for us of Margaret Bonds, yes? Yes, yes, I am. The Negro Speaks of Rivers um, with poetry, with the lyrics by Langston Hughes. All right. Well, I send you guys to the studio. We are going to hear now again our guests, Jadrian Tarver, baritone, and Archie Chen, piano, this time in a song by Margaret Bonds. And again, as it mentioned, with the, the poetry by Langston Hughes, The Negro Speaks of Rivers. And here we go to our performance studio.
Music of Margaret Bonds, the words of Langston Hughes. The song, The Negro Speaks of Rivers, sung for us by baritone Jadrian Tarver, along with him in our KPBX studio, pianist Archie Chen. 
that song part of this program coming up 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon at the Myrtle Wilson Performing Arts Center. And um, it's, it's a powerful, powerful song, a wonderful song by Margaret Bonds. And, uh, and the poetry uh, of Langston Hughes, uh, one of the, the major figures of that early part and such a creative part of the, the 20th century that is uh, often referred to as the Harlem Renaissance. And uh, Archie, you've got uh, something yes. for us. So, yeah, I thought I'd just recite the, the poem um, Harlem by Langston Hughes. And I said, as I said before, my son brought home this poem and recited it to me. So I, I, I'm going to recite it to you now. And, um, you know, I, I, as I said, I was deeply moved by the, the, the message of, of this. And um, so here, here it is, uh, Langston Hughes' Harlem. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? And the poem Harlem by Langston Hughes. I'm sorry, I was just getting just totally wrapped up in <laughs> the words there. Um, again, a couple of famous uh, quotes from that one, not the least of which is Raisin in the Sun, giving its name to a, a play and a film. But um, Langston Hughes is a major figure in the, the Harlem Renaissance who has a, a deep relationship to many composers who were at work back in those days. Can, Got us through that a little bit, Jadrian, if you could. Sure. You know, when we think about, you know, Harlem and then we think about the Negro Speaks of Rivers, actually he was 17 years old when he wrote that poem on his way to visit his father in Mexico. And he was driving through the south of the Mississippi and he looked out and saw the Mississippi River, which inspired the Negro Speaks of River. You know, you think about a 17-year-old boy, um, young man, writing you know, such a deep poem. And it was published in the Crisis magazine by W.E.D. Du Bois, Du Bois, however you pronounce, however you think it's pronounced. Um, and he, he was moved by it, you know, that poem, and then he published it. The thing with Margaret Bonds is that how the relationship came about. She was a university, uh, she's a student at the University of Northwestern, and she was in the library, and she came across its poems. And then from there, she reached out to him, you know, and see could she compose some of his poetry. And she composed, you know, The Negro Speaks of Rivers. And actually, The Negro Speaks of Rivers, as, you know, was sent to Nadia Boulanger, because Margaret was looking to study, you know, composition in France with Nadia Boulanger. And then, you know, Nadia played through it. And then, I'm paraphrasing this, you know, story, but, you know, Nadia was like, hey, there's not much I can teach you. You have counterpoint. You've done enough, you know, within this this poem, within this song, and so she went on, you know, of course, to compose other things. But with Langston Hughes, um, he was a very prominent figure within the black community, and with his writings, um, even with Florence Price, wrote a lot of his um, used said a lot of his poems, and Margaret, of course, there's a lot of um, relationship with Langston and Margaret because Margaret was introduced to her husband through Langston Hughes. Hmm. 
And so they became long friends. And the sad thing about this is that Margaret Bond's music was discovered, uh, you know, as someone was throwing it away into the trash receptacle. And they looked into the box and they saw it. And they, of course, you know, handed it over to the university. And then, you know, we, that's one of the reasons why we have her music. And one of the reasons why we have the letters um, that, so the, the story is that we have the letters that she wrote to Langston Hughes because he is a poet laureate, he is a famous poet, and we have all of that information, but we don't have any of the letters that he wrote to her talking about the poetry and as well as the, the music. Some things remain mysteries yes. to us, unfortunately. <laughs> would, that they, uh, would that there was another box someplace yes. with, uh, with mm-hmm. his end of the correspondence. Well, um, such a delight to talk to, to both of you guys today. And again, the program is called Beyond the Canon, a tribute to the composers from the African diaspora. Sunday at 2 o'clock at the Myrtle Wolfson Theater at the Fox. Is this a, a ticketed event or is it a just come one, come all? Come one, come all. It Very is good. free to the, and open to the public. Excellent. Good, good. All right. Well, Jadrian Tarver and Archie Chen, thank you so much for being here with us uh, today. We're going to go out with... Um, Music sung by one of the the true rising stars in uh, our particular firmament right about now, the baritone, another baritone here, (laughs) Will Liverman, um, who the first time I heard him just absolutely blew me away. And this is his second album out on the CD label, and it's called Dreams of a New Day. And this is a a song by a living composer, Damien Sneed, called uh, I Dream a World. And uh, Jadrian, you're you're the one who chose this. So can you offer a, a little bit of uh, preparation for it? Yes, I chose it because, of course, you know I love Will Liverman, and I've worked with Damien Sneed before. And then the biggest reason why I chose it is because "I Dream a World" is by Langston Hughes. The the poem is set, the music is set to his poetry. All right, wonderful way to go out. And again, thanks, guys. Oh, oh, oh.